0: <laughs> okay, uh, I think we're good. Let's oh, start. So this is our podcast. Uh it's on my list. I'm Ashley, i'm Mackenzie, and uh yeah, we're going to talk about orphan black as our first show. Um Mackenzie and I met working at a local coffee shop. I don't think we should name it in case we want to
1: <laughs> talk shit <show. laughs> later once we're no longer employed there.
0: Um yeah. Uh should, do you want to talk about why we uh, want to do a podcast?
1: Yeah, so the idea behind the podcast is that Ashley is very cultured TV show-wise, and I am not, we have discovered. So the idea is that every show we're going to cover, Ashley has seen, and I haven't. So she'll have the insider perspective, and I'll have the newbie perspective.
0: Yeah, I and I also work in the film industry as an assistant director, so I have some general behind-the-scenes knowledge about making movies and TV shows, too. And uh, wh- what are you doing with your life?
1: Because- oh, <laughs> I'm in school to be a therapist. Yeah, perfect. So we've got
0: a filmmaker and a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and-
1: and- <laughs> I like feel it's like it's a good show to talk
0: about both of those things. Um, okay, the first episode is called Natural Selection, and it was directed by John Fawcett, who actually directed that movie Ginger Snaps, when which is on our list of things to watch so maybe we could do like a bonus episode oh yeah and then actually in the sequel there's apparently a ginger snaps too uh, this is what i learned when i was on uh,
1: imdb blue <laughs>
0: trivia that tatiana maslany who stars in orphan black is in the the sequel to ginger snaps so i think it doesn't sound very good but maybe we can just watch it for fun <laughs> first we want to watch the first one um and then it was written by Graham Mason, who wrote most of the episodes, I think. And he also did like the Snowpiercer Pier- TV series, like the recent adaptation. Have you ever seen the movie? No. That's like one of my favorite movies. I don't know if it needed a TV adaptation, but I, I haven't seen it, so <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I guess I can't judge. Um, and then, uh, so all the title episodes from season one are chapters uh, in Darwin's On the Origin of Species. So that's oh. a science fact for you. Um, it originally aired in March 30th, 2013, and I, I, this is, I also got some like fun facts to put us in the context of the time. Uh, the top movie at that time was G.I. Joe Retaliation. Why? And I don't know Didn't why. not know that would top the movie, movie at
1: any point in time.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then the, the top song was Thrift Shop by Malphomore.
1: Oh, what a time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this is the show came on in 2013, which is, um, I had just graduated high school the year before, and I was in my first semester of college, and I remember, I didn't watch it when it first aired, but BBC used to do these marathons where they would just, like, show all the episodes of, like, one TV show on, like, a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and I was at home, and I think my mom had it on in the background, and uh, actually, this happens a lot where my mom will, like, not be paying attention to a show, but then I get, <laughs> like really into it, and then, yeah, then I started, uh, I watched every episode after that. Um, I guess we can talk about the first the first word uttered in the show is Huxley Station which is a reference to that book A uh, Brave New World How, did you ever have to read that book? so it's about cloning so they're they're really showing their hand mm. Okay. Um, and it's written by Aldous Huxley and then I think there's a character later named Aldous too so it's not the, the only time I feel like they're really like ooh look at our literary references <laughs> we're, we're going in <laughs> Um, yeah, do you want to just talk about your first impressions, or I don't know if we should go, like, scene by scene, or how you wanted to do Yeah, uh,
1: we can just talk overall, I guess. Real quick, you're talking about what you were doing in 2013. I was definitely exclusively watching Law & Order SVU, <laughs> reruns only. That's all I would do when I was watching TV. That's so A funny. strange comfort show, so that's my framework for what I was doing in 2013. <laughs> um, I thought... Overall, it I was expecting a lot more sci-fi in the first episode, so that's what really surprised me. It was a lot more emotional mm-hmm. uh, than I realized at first, especially with, like, right off the bat, you finding out that she's, like, not with her daughter, and mm-hmm. she has run away, and then, obviously, like, trigger warning suicide Yeah, uh, within the first five minutes. Um, yeah. I thought there was some great storytelling uh through that because it wasn't too on the nose at first it was yeah. just very like there wasn't even much dialogue at all yeah so i thought that was really cool um a moment that i thought was strange was that we get this pov of like a security camera Mm-hmm. and i didn't know why and it never came back into play at least in the first two episodes so i was just kind of wondering what that was peeking at oh i don't even remember see i didn't even notice <laughs> yeah so it's It's just a strange POV because it sets up this, like, is she going to get caught? And I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, a subtle foreshadowing for the fact that she's, like, going to have to be involved with the police and this new life she's taken on. But it was just a – it really – It really caught my attention that that was. And it hasn't come back to reference. And that see, I think it's interesting too that like like Beth like folds
0: her jacket up before she like commits suicide. Like she lines up her like shoes Mm -hmm. and everything. I don't even know. I don't have a comment on why she did that. But I think it's weird. Like it's like, Obviously, like very premeditated, but so it's like if you're about to jump on a train, like <laughs> taking off your jacket, like folding it up and and placing your shoes like delicately on the ground.
1: Yeah. And I honestly don't even remember if it comes if it comes up again or not. But not that, but like therapist perspective, it is very common with people who commit suicide to to feel this obligation to leave as little mess as possible. Interesting. Um, just since they're already like thinking they're causing yeah a mess with the um suicide so that is that perspective and i think it's also just showing like a framework of like to me it told a lot about her character of uh even in this like seriously distressed state of mind she's Mm -hmm. still keeping up this like manicured persona that she we slowly get to realize (laughs) oh we have a intruder (laughs) passing through
0: are you gonna hang out or do you want to go in the next room (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, also, like, so when I used to try to get people to watch Orphan Black, I would just, like, describe that first scene for them, because there's really, like, you, you can't, like, say too much about the show without, like, giving it away, but, like, they do a really good job of, like, throwing you, like, right in the middle of the action. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I'm, like, I don't know what, like, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, it's a show, so it's, like, contrived that they're gonna, she looks gonna see her, that, like, looks just like her. But, like, I also wanted, from best perspective, too, like, she's about to kill herself, and then she turns around <laughs> and sees, like, another one of her doppelgangers. I've probably just only enhanced her uh, her feelings about it.
1: Yeah, she has literally, like, no reaction. She just, like, yeah, mm-hmm. she just another right one. Can't.
0: Yeah, can't deal. Um, <clears throat> did you have, Did when you were, like, watching the first episode, did you, like, were you, like, curious about, like, where it's supposed to take place at all?
1: Yes, yeah. um, and I think I looked it up, but I can't remember. Yeah. Well, it's in Canada, but they like never say. So I think they like leave it ambiguous,
0: like whether it could be like the U.S. or Canada. It's not until later I think you see some like Canadian money. But mm-hmm. I, it's interesting that it's a Canadian show because I feel like Canada has like twenty actors total. So if you've ever watched any Canadian TV, like uh, like are, like I watched a lot of Degrassi back in the day, mm-hmm. and then some of the faces are like pretty familiar from Degrassi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we meet Sarah right away, and then like the next character we're introduced to is Felix, who is my favorite, and also so great. <laughs> just like an exposition machine in the first two episodes. like Every single line that he says, I was like, oh, there's the plot context. And then um, Vic the Dick, played by Michael Mando. Do you have any uh, thoughts about the- those
1: guys? I did look up Vic. I was like, what do I know him from? Did he seems so up? familiar. No. no. So I wonder I if he just he has like, just a has of This, this is like my
0: first clip. I just love <laughs>
1: I'm on the hook with (laughs) Pouchy I like for
0: some reason the way he said that like the rest of my life I always I'm like I'm on the hook with Pouchy
1: I think there was like a lot of humor and it's just the way that Felix is I guess is that Vic was instantly less intimidating because Felix didn't seem that intimidating. Yeah, he just, like, diffuses his situation.
0: And I think that's a good point, too, just, like, both him and Sarah. I mean, we learned that they're, like, foster siblings and they, like, grow up together, so I think they're used to, like, a pretty chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, in, in episode two, which we'll talk about later, but, like, there's a part where Sarah starts, like, just, just destroy a part, And it's, like, obvious that it's something that's, like, happened before yes. and that he's used to dealing with that. And uh, so, yeah, I think both of them know how to roll with the punches, which is, like, you know, interesting for Sarah's character, too, especially. She's, like, our main focus, and, like, obviously, as the show goes on, we, like, learn more about the clones. But I think she's a good, like, POV character because she's, like, so adaptable and is, like, really well also we see her like as a talented con artist like mm-hmm. and that is like one of the most impressive things too i think that she's like you know she's like doing best accent and just like it's like it's just so crazy that she's like okay I, not only am i gonna steal this woman's stuff i'm just gonna go into her house like watch a few videos about yeah. her and like learn her whole life and stuff
1: yeah i had i literally have written here click on her feet felix is a real one so like <laughs> we just touched on those two yeah, very exactly. important notes he is a real one <laughs> um well yeah yeah just that um I thought on the note of the accent it as I was watching the second episode I went back to the first because I for some reason thought when she was imitating Beth that it wasn't like that different of an accent but it really was and that like threw me off and I just didn't she fell into the character of Beth so quickly that I didn't even realize that her yep. voice has changed. I just believed it so naturally. I just thought that was yeah, I, I the way it deceived me. One of the other clips
0: I cooked out just to like emphasize how good she is. At... Stephen,
1: what can I do to
0: uh, to put a rush on that? You know, twenty four hours. Could I um, sponsor your next charity run thing? Um, the, oh, I meant to say earlier, the theme music is by Two Fingers, and I've always loved the theme song, actually, for a long time, it was my ringtone. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, because I like it because it's, there's no words, so you can Mm -hmm. just, like, vibe with it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, she, like, immediately manages to con her way into getting all this money, like... And just like takes off, and then like then you're kind of thrown into the whole plot with like art too. So he's like the next. Well, so we hear about Paul off screen, but we like don't meet him yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is definitely like an important character that like will come up later. But basically, like we're introduced with art, and he we don't really know at first, like because he just pulls her over, and she's like, oh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> what are the charges? <laughs> yes, it's like one of the only times mm-hmm. where her like con isn't fully like mm-hmm. in place. But it's, of course, like why would she know that her. I mean, also, it's a little crazy that she didn't figure out from her house that she was a cop. Like, yeah, there was true. no, like, evidence <laughs> of that. But then it, like, launches us into this whole thing where, like, you learn about, like, the Margaret Chang case, and she was involved in, like, a civilian shooting, which also is just, like, another plot that has just not, like, would not be on air now, probably, where mm-hmm. it's just, like, casual. Yeah, she shot a civilian. <laughs> like, no big deal. Um, oh, yeah. I This is, like, a perfect example of Felix just, like, summarizing the plot, like, later when they meet up. So, your twin
1: all hopped up on cop tranquilizers, guns down an innocent Chinese lady holding a cell phone in her hand. <laughs> okay, in case so you were lost. Thank you, Felix. But yeah, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I for- we forgot to talk about that. When she's, like, going through her whole house, she, like, opens the cabinet and sees all these, like, pills and stuff yeah. that fest on. So, like, obviously she's, like, mentally troubled. Like, we don't know if it's, like, it was before the case or, like, after the case. Or I mean, no, it's clearly related to, like, why she
1: killed herself. I... I mean, this is a complete change of totally fine. But I think it's crazy that uh, Sarah doesn't have any tattoos. Oh. (laughs) Well, I mean, probably just from, like, a a filmmaking perspective,
0: because she has to play, like, all those clones. Like, even fake tattoo application takes a
1: really long time. Mm -hmm. So I bet they just, like, didn't feel like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <to her. laughs> I just thought it would- it definitely made it easier for her to fall into that. Yeah. I just- the whole- especially when the sex scene started happening, mm. I was like, oh, there's about to be, like, an yeah. identifier, like, a small, like, hip yeah, tattoo." But he still
0: does that. know. And actually, mm-hmm. that's another clip that I clipped out, too. But Paul is, like, super observant immediately. Oh, hey. oh okay. Beth, what's happened?
1: Yeah, I know, but you're... I'm what?
0: What'd you do to your hair? Uh, oh, nothing. I got it cut. It's longer. It's just wet. Something's different. And, like, I think it's it's telling, well, obviously they live together, so it would be more obvious, like, a partner that would notice, like, something's wrong. But, like, I mean, Art doesn't even question it, and he's a cop. Like, yeah. you would think he would have, like, a stronger sense of detection. But, like, I think, well, and, and then she, that's another example of her being really good at manipulating people, where she just, like, immediately launches into, like, having sex with him to distract him. And I think even, too, like, like he's, like, let's go to the bedroom. And I think she, like, decides to do it in the kitchen, probably because, like, if you're in a couple having sex in your bed, it's going to be more, like, routine or whatever. But yeah. it's, like, if they're in a different place, like, it's already, like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, there's less, like, expectation of, like, how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was, like, a cover for her, too, just to be, like, okay,
1: let me distract him and then try to get out of here as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for me, we're still figuring out what kind of person Paul is. Like, yeah. was he a bad boyfriend or, or whatnot? And Sarah's, like if this guy was my boyfriend, I'd kill myself, too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, isn't it the the trope that the boyfriend never notices if you get a haircut or not? And yeah. he's, like, something's different with your hair. Like, I don't know. Like, a small detail that he's carrying, at least in some yeah. ways. Yeah, he's paying
0: attention, for sure. And I think that it, like, goes to show, like, he's he, – I mean, obviously, she's been having problems for a while, so he's, mm-hmm. he's like, looking for her. He, you know, he, like, comes back early to check on her and how her hearing went and everything. Um, so, like, if he's an interesting character, like, we'll, we'll definitely, like, learn more about him, too. But then, so, like, also, we, like, learn about this Margaret Chen case, but then at the same time, we, when Beth goes, I mean, when Beth, when Sarah goes to get the money, she also discovers Beth's safe deposit box, and then all these, like, passports of, like, we don't know they're clones yet, but, like, mm-hmm. obviously they're clones, but, like, different birthdays, like, similar times. because is I'll have another clip too. But, can we get the elephant out of the room?
1: What? Well, look at her you're related this could be your story it's not every foster
0: kid dreams of their lost family oh my god deep down all hope was special yeah the last thing i am is special i think that clip is important obviously because it's like like the exposition but also it's kind of like a thesis for the show which Mm -hmm. is about like a found family and like looking for meaning in, in your life and all that stuff. And I think, like, when I was cutting these close out, like, there were so many lines in this scene where I was like, okay, this is clearly, like, the most pivotal scene. It's, like, her relationship with Felix, not only for the exposition, but also just for, like, the emotional stakes of the show. It's, like, putting into context, like, this could be your story. Like, these could be your sisters. And,
1: like, you know, like, that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But Sarah
0: just, like, doesn't want to deal with it,
1: like. Yeah, and that's what, I feel like Felix and, and Sarah are such foils in that moment. And that Sarah's trying to stay detached, stay... Basically, her M.O., which is to get what she needs and go off. Yeah. And Felix is like, no, like, this is important. This is emotional. This is potential for connection. Yeah. And But Sarah's like, she's got avoidant personality. <laughs> so she's like, I'm out of here. Like,
0: well, and, and that scene, too, it's really heartbreaking because then, like, you know, at first when she gets back, she's telling Felix, like, we're going to get the money and then leave together. Like, you know, you, you me, and Kira... But then, you know, she, like, sees how much more dangerous that she thought it's going to be. So she does what she always does and, like, cuts and runs, like, and that's what Felix says to I think this is, like, a really heartbreaking scene for them.
1: You left Kira with Mrs. S overnight, and you didn't come back for 10 months. I'm trying to fix it. Tell it to the angel, Sarah. You're already dead.
0: Also, it's just, like, funny that his petty reaction is to, like, throw her a fake funeral (laughs) and, like, call all her friends. But, like, also simultaneously, like, painting, like, a beautiful portrait of her. So it's, like, even when they're in this fight, like, it's still, like, the love that they have for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I just wanted to point out Felix's green robe in that scene where Vic comes back and is trying to bother him. I just love it. (laughs) No notes on his robe. Just a little fashion note. And then, like, we can talk more about Art, too. Just, like, he's just, like, has no boundaries. Like, he just, like, breaks into her car and, like, steals Mm -hmm. her money. And, I mean, we, I guess we, like, learn a little bit more why later. But it's still totally,
1: like, out of pocket for him to just be, like, taking his shit. He, I wrote down that I feel like he, like, everything he does is a power play. And it makes me want to know more about, like, real Beth and Art's, um, like, dynamic. And specifically as partners. Um, and, like, I feel like maybe Sarah was up for promotion, or, I don't know, it's just the way, it's just, like, art, to me, seems, like, emasculated, almost, and he is doing these power plays to prove that he's in charge.
0: Yeah. And then, um, we've talked about most of that stuff, then, uh, she was, so Sarah, they, they have the funeral that Felix throws, and then, like, her friends show up. And I also just love the way where Felix is just is like openly talking about <laughs> Yes, It's <was> so so funny. <laughs> it's like okay, he's not even
1: pretending to be subtle. Well, such a main character moment. It's like he's obviously the main character in all these people lives cuz they're like he's just this is just Felix. This is what he does. Yeah, and then like this like, "Do you mind?" <laughs> like And
0: then so uh, this whole time too, like a car like uh, we like a car is following Sarah, but we think it's just art, but then it's revealed that it's Katya, this other woman. The German and so we I mean we don't have very much time with her before she's killed but but in the brief time Obviously, she's like very panicked. There's a sense of urgency and she's sick So Mm -hmm. like that's I think important too and she's like she's like I got the samples like, you know, like she thinks that she's Beth um, But then literally she gets shot in the head (laughs) and like that's the end of the episode But also they have their little like clone riddle, which I think is a, a good one, too Just one. I'm a few, no family too. Who am I? So, like, right after that is when she gets shot. And then that's how the first episode ends. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a note. So, I was, like, looking at natural selection, which, like, the definition is the process through which populations of living organisms adapt and change. And it's heritable traits that help organisms survive and reproduce become more common in a population over time. So, I think that's, like, obviously what we're saying about Sarah. She's, like, adaptable and, like, trying to figure out her circumstances. But then, like, obviously the, the reference to
1: cloning and...
0: And the origin of species and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff, too.
1: Yeah. With that ending scene, I just want to say that it's, like, the first time that Sarah's not able to, like, con her way out of it. And it's also her first introduction to the clones with mm-hmm. that, that riddle. And so it's, like, foreshadowing that yeah. this is where it's going to start going downhill. Yeah, like she's she out of her element now. Yeah, yeah. She can't just uh, solve her way out of it. Mm-hmm. Anything else about the episode in general? Notes that we didn't get to? Um, let's see. Oh, I wanted to talk about Bad Girls Do It Well thing. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> such an iconic song. Yes. She's like building this persona trying to become bad. Um, and then also like uh, I think they did a really good job of like showing her disassociation in the sex scene. Mm. Uh, just some like subtleties and, and some great acting um, there to just like without it being said, like, she's obviously doing this because she has to, and she's not really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all my notes. Cool. (laughs) I was left pretty confused after the first episode (laughs) um, and got a lot more answers from the second episode. Yeah, that's how they draw you in. All
0: right, uh, so this is Orphan Black episode 102 instinct it was also directed by john fawcett and written by graham manson original air date was april 6th 2018 top box office still g.i joe Uh, but the song was moonlight by maroon five which i don't think i have ever heard in my life (laughs) me moon why
1: i went through a weird maroon five phase and i don't know that song either that's
0: what the internet told me but it could be uh lies this is just a little note from ashley it turns out that that song was actually called "Daylight" by Maroon Five, but I have still never heard of it in my life. So the point stands. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, the, I mean, it, we basically like cut right into the right after the first episode ends, where we Katya's shot, and then uh, the Cologne Club phone is ringing—the pink phone that she has. So she answers it. We d- we still don't know who's on the other end of the line. But basically, I like how that she's just like, well, you gotta hide the body, and so it's just like, okay, <laughs> like, like, yes. and it doesn't even bother to like, question it or whatever. But I mean, she also she does it pretty well, like efficiently. I, and I do mm-hmm. think it's
1: funny that the voice in my head is like, well, you're a cop, you should know how to get rid of a body. Yes. I did think I was like, she's digging this hole pretty fast and getting <laughs> this back in here pretty fast, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she manages to go to like the car repair place or whatever, or like the car wash and mm-hmm. everything. I was like, I don't think you're gonna get the blood out of your car. I, <laughs> but and it I, was it was dripping.
1: And I was like, what? I guess she's there late at night, early morning. I like. She's lucky nobody else pulled up and saw yeah. all the blood pulling out of her car. Well,
0: yeah, I guess it's funny, too, because she's on the phone like, what time do you guys open? Like, I, nobody would be there to answer her question. Oh, true, true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until right now. But, yeah, so she goes, and then, um, like, you know, she tries to, like, clean the body. Or she gets rid of the body and then hides it. And then, I don't even remember, what's it the the window, oh, the window repair yeah. yeah well she we, she gets the windows fixed like off screen like we don't see that part I um, feel like that's when she goes to Felix's apartment yeah and yeah yeah runs into Vic oh or yeah almost runs into and Vic. then yeah and then he like okay because Felix has to kick Vic out because they've been carousing <laughs> all night and then um, so she like narrowly avoids him oh yeah and then so then Felix tells her that she blew he blew all the coke money on her fake funeral which is like come on, man, like, they're both <laughs> reckless, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, she. I mean, obviously, Sarah's making, like, worse decisions, but it's not exactly, like, Felix is a model of yeah. good behavior, I and mean, you're supposed to have that money to Kira, like, and then, um, you know, then, so whatever, Sarah thinks that she has the money from the bank account, she, oh, she finally got it when she went back, but then she finds out that, like, Art took it while she wasn't paying attention what we're talking about. And now he broke into her car, and then she, like, completely loses his, just, And so he's, like, smashing his whole apartment. I would be pissed if that was my sister. I would be like,
1: come on. Yeah. He he let it go on for a while. And I know. And then he was, like, finally, he had his boundary like, <laughs> hey, I'm working really hard on <laughs> that, that piece. Yeah. But, yeah, she was going pretty wild, and I thought that was, like, a pivotal moment in us getting to know her character is this kind of, like unbridled rage that she Mm -hmm. can tap into and I I just feel like that's definitely going to come back up yeah for sure like
0: the violence is like a little bit staggering I mean and I mean I guess it's, she's had like a traumatic night so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah oh yeah and then Felix notices the blood on her neck and then is trying to get the story from her which she won't reveal which I mean it doesn't take very long in the end for her to like end yeah. up telling him what's going on but I also feel like if my once again if my
1: sister showed up with like blood on her neck I would definitely be a little bit more intense about like pressing her well for, like, and then like, I think that reveals a little bit about their dynamic again it's yeah. like this is not the first time she has <laughs> shown up around him with blood yeah. on her neck i would have to bet
0: yeah so then she ends up going back to her to best place even though she didn't want to because she i felt like why did she go back there i can't even remember oh but i guess she just can't leave because she has to figure out the case from art because art left all the files in her mm. in her bag about the margaret chen murder and you know she's like okay well i'm gonna have to clear this before he'll give me my money back oh yeah because she calls art at, at like 6 a.m and he's like you can't have this money until you clear the case Mm -hmm. so then she goes back and then there's this angsty scene with paul i literally called it paul's angst
1: you know i can see this shooting is killing you but you stopped talking to me months ago and what am i supposed to do
0: it's my problem you don't have to take this
1: on well i have and i can't keep waking up every night checking your breathing Word you're mixing your meds booze God knows what else
0: I like that part also like I mean obviously shows that he's
1: worried about her but then in the end he's like I'm going over to so she's like okay <laughs> yeah and she was like yes a way out well I thought that, it seemed like he was testing her almost in that scene yeah was like and she she was like okay I mean if that's what you want because she could tell he he definitely was like that was too too soon. But is that also the scene where he says she's dressing like a punk rock ho? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> definitely wrote that down in my notes.
0: I literally, wait, I, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was, was like, gonna clip the sound out too, but in the show she even says it again, so I was like, I don't feel like we need to, like. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, that's a compliment. I, mean, I feel like it's <laughs> yeah, a compliment. Yeah, how dare you? Yeah, as in that first episode when he's like, where are you wearing? And then she's like, the Clash rock. And he's like, yeah, but you don't. Like, I would be
1: pissed off if my boyfriend said that to me. Yeah, Paul makes Sarah seem pretty lame. though What we learn about, but I mean Beth. I'm yeah, sorry. That's good. Well,
0: but it's I. That's actually like a point I wanted to bring up too. So like we, the only information that we really get about Beth, like up to this point, are from like the men in her life, like from mm-hmm. from art and from Paul. And I mean, and then what we briefly saw of her, like folding her. You know, jacket, we know that she had like a pillow problem. But it's interesting too, like, obviously, what you were alluding to earlier, like, she and Paul have been having relationship problems for months. And it's like, is it because of her drug problem, or like, is it, or is that a result of the relationship problems? And so then he ends up leaving, and she is like working on the case. And like, the next scene that we see is uh, when Felix goes to Mrs. S, aka Siobhan's house, to basically, oh yeah, because Sarah is like, I need you to make sure Kira doesn't know that or knows that I'm not dead because mm-hmm. we didn't talk about that in the last episode, but, uh, Mrs. S, their foster mom shows up to the funeral with her daughter and before the German gets shot. And so then like Felix has to be Sarah's little messenger. Like, I don't know why Sarah does this. I mean, I guess to create, not create more trauma for Kira, mm-hmm. but like, it feel like it would be a more obvious route to just be like, Hey,
1: I'm not dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, but I guess there's also the Mrs. S won't really let her around, it's like how would she get in. But no, I definitely get what you mean, where it's like, Felix is the middleman and I don't think it creates any less trauma for Kira in the long run. Yeah. This this is like the
0: first introduction of Kira. Hi. Hi,
1: monkey. Can you see my mom? Oh, um, sweetie. I am Mrs. S. Go on upstairs, Kira, love. Uncle Felix has got some explaining to do. But it's weird that Kira,
0: after having gone to her mom's alleged funeral, is immediately like, Have you seen my mom? Because, like, obviously she knows something is going on, even before, though, like, that's what Felix is there to, like, clear up. So, like, it's there's like, Kira's an interesting child which will become part of the story later. Like, it's like, why would she automatically not just, like, think that her mom was dead? Mm-hmm. But, and even later in this episode, um, when Felix goes back to report to Sarah, like, I, you know, she doesn't think you're dead, it's all good, whatever. And then, like, Sarah's like, I know, like, I can feel her, or whatever. So they have this, like, connection. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, so this scene, too, is, like, similar to that scene with Felix in the last episode, I think, is, like, the most clips i took because it's it's really like illuminating the dynamics of miss Estelle and kira years of my life leaving london all my people there to bring the two of you here for a fresh start i'll do it all again felix every visit from the bloody police about her every missing persons report every punch we threw because kira is a gift
1: sarah knows that I felt like that scene was such a gut punch because it, it was like, yeah, I did all of this for you and for Sarah, and the only reason why it was worth it is because of Kira. Yeah, like, it wasn't because of the relationship I built with you guys or who y'all turned out to be. It's just there happened to be a wonderful kid who came out of yeah. it. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, and Mrs. S is a really like prickly character.
0: She definitely like we learned more about her she goes to but like yeah it's kind of messed up <laughs> to say to hear like foster kid like yeah. um well I think though I don't think it's as directed to, at Felix more about how difficult like Sarah was mm-hmm. just like whatever uh, like alluding to her like life of crime whatever missing persons report and
1: whatever yeah. else um and also talking about I know we're only just peeking at the, the themes of feminism in the show and that yeah. it gets deeper. But I just think the idea that, like, your child is the best part of you yeah. can be a big theme in motherhood. And it's, like, that's already, like, being painted for Sarah. And that can have a really big effect on people is, like, when your best part of you is your kid and there's nothing likable about you. You yeah. just happen to... Well, create and person. motherhood is, like, a huge
0: theme of the show, too. Mm-hmm. And we Which, like, we meet Allison in this episode, too, who's, yeah. like, our suburban mom clone. But also, like, in that scene, I think it's just, like, it's very, like, sad how, you know, he's, like, here, like, she knows that here is a gift, and then she's, like, she doesn't have a clue. That's like, and also we don't,
1: do they say how long she's been gone? Oh, I guess, like, a year. Like, yeah, ten months. I and how old is, is
0: she supposed to be, like, she look like a four or five-year-old? I think I don't so. don't think they really say. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that is, like... But, I mean, ostensibly, she was with her the time before that. So, it's not, yeah. like... I mean, obviously, it's not good to abandon her child for, like, ten months. But it's not like she has, like, completely abandoned her from birth. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mrs. is mm-hmm. being a little harsh on uh, Sarah. Like, and also, we don't really know, like, what led up to Sarah's departure and all that right. stuff, like... That's like something that
1: they get into later. Yeah, because you—I mean—you can be physically present, but that doesn't yeah. mean she was like parenting. Well, that's like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Allison is my mom's name, so oh. it's like, ah! <laughs> <You're> like ah! <laughs> um, but on on the note of, like, your child is the best part of you, and then Sarah might not even feel like she can lay claim to who Kira is, depending on how much of a role she was able to actually play in raising her up to this point. So I could just see that creating a lot of, like, inner turmoil of, like, my child's the best part of me, I haven't been there for my child as much as I want to. Yeah, um, And then Mrs. S not helping by blatantly saying, like, yeah. Yeah, she's the good thing that's come out of all this. Yeah,
0: and then we see that Kira's been, like, spying on them, little nosy. And then we get this part about when Sarah can come back. When is mommy coming?
1: You know, Wendell.
0: When she's ready.
1: And? When you say she's ready. Sounds fair to me. So it kind of like softens a
0: little bit of what she's saying. And it's like, you know, in the end, she's trying to protect Kira. Right. Which is so, even though her methods are maybe not the best. But also too, like, because of how she is, probably maybe like a little tough love growing up for Sarah and Felix too, you know, definitely your parents influence how you are and how you move through the world.
1: Yeah. And it's easy to sympathize with Sarah because she's our protagonist and and just assume that you know, she has the best intentions, which I think she does, but yeah, I think it's fair for Mrs. S to set that boundary of, like, yeah, you just showed back up, and last time I saw you, you were with this abusive man, like, yeah. like no, I don't want you. Well, yeah, and in you, that yeah.
0: same scene, too, Felix is kind of acting as an audience surrogate, like, advocating for Sarah at, like, you know, she, he's, like, she's trying badly, but she <laughs> is, like, in her own way, and I think that's, like, an important part, it's, like, the, the different ways people try to cope with their their situation and everything. And then, so, so like, there's the whole. I guess we'll talk about Allison a little bit later. But like, then we like are back in the pot with like Art and and Sarah. She's like going through the case, like trying to learn the thing. And then like we learn that not only was it like a like a civilian shooting, but like the, they didn't even have a cell phone. Like Art like planted that evidence. Which is like the next clip I have mm-hmm.
1: too. If they find out you called me before you called it in, Beth, they're to start to dig. And if they dig, they find the pills. And if they find the pills, you may crack under questioning and tell them that I put the phone in the big sand to cover your tweaker ass. Yeah, there was a a lot just in that one thing, because we realized that the pill problem is enough for Art to be throwing around that derogatory (laughs) term. Yeah, exactly. Um, And also that he covered her ass uh, because she was likely, the pills likely played a role and I I don't know where it goes but like heavy pill use paranoia delusions uh I don't know what kind of role it played yet but yeah um yeah you just learn a lot from that one sentence and then once again talking about the power plays from art and like using that term and and putting it that way in the aggression in his tone um really like gave me the Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) but at the
0: same time, it's obvious that he did protect... Like, he went out of his way to protect her. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's clearly some, like, dynamic between the two of them that we don't really understand yet. Like, even in the earlier episode, like, I think she's like, why do you have to be such a hard-ass... He's like, it's because it's your favorite thing about me. And then he asked her to, like, where her sense of humor is gone. So they had, clearly there's, like, some banter going on there, and, like, it's enough. I mean, I think, I guess, they're partners, so it's like, you're going to cover it Also, fucking corrupt pop, cop shit, like, <laughs> like uh, instead of, like, oh, oh, yeah, my partner actually shot someone, I'm going to cover it up by putting a phone in their hand to make it at least seem, like, a little bit more plausible. It's pretty messed up. And so, like, that whole plot's going on, and then, meanwhile, Sarah's getting calls on that pink phone from the voice on the other line, who she thinks is Allison, um, because that's the only other passport that was in the thing. And so, you know, they're telling her, like, you gotta go find the samples, like, the briefcase— And so she does it, which I also think it's funny, too. I mean, I would want to know, too, like, to solve the mystery, but she's like, okay, I guess I'm going to go, like, impersonate another person. And I love that scene where she leaves Felix's house and gets, like, the coat and the hat or whatever. And that, like, German version of these boots are made for walking is a really good needle drop. And then she kind of does the same thing, like, manipulating the, the front desk people, like, the room is trash. But so, anyway, she goes into the room, and it's, like, there's a serial killer that's been in there, and it's, like, a doll with a chopped-up head, and, like, we don't really see too much of the crime scene, but it definitely isn't, like, a normal-looking situation. And, like, we, like, it, I I mean, it's not obvious, but, like, it's inferred that that person is the one who killed Katya in the first place. And so, <clears throat> obviously, somebody's going around killing them, and we learned that from the voice on the phone, too. They're like, oh, they must have followed her from Europe. Like, so, clearly... More people have died, too, even before this happened. And then um, she does get the briefcase and then, like, goes to, like, open up the box. The Some trivia is that when she was actually... When she, like, is banging the briefcase against the thing, she actually cut her hand in real life. (laughs) And you can see
1: the blood. I read that after I saw the episode, but I didn't catch it. So, once once again, great acting from Mm -hmm. our main character. In that scene... Um, there's a Bible verse highlighted, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but I forgot to write down what it said and I was just going to bring it up, but I can't find it. Don't, don't look cause you're going to get spurled. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be spoiled. I'll, I remember where I found it and I didn't get spoiled last time because they just, they, so far in the show, I don't think they ha- have really focused on scene setting a lot mm-hmm. like we're not really paying too much attention in like what room the characters are talking in it's more about um what the characters are saying but i felt like this was the first time where they were doing some really long shots on the room itself so mm-hmm. i it was like what are they trying to reveal here um okay and the passage is psalm 73 13 through 14 surely in vain ha- i have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence all day long, I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. And then it said truth. Did I take anything from that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, did you have any, like, theories about uh-huh. the killer? And, well, that's what, so you think the killer highlighted the Bible verse, or? Or, or well, I, that's, I mean, I haven't seen either. the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, don't I, know. I assumed Katya. Oh, you thought
0: Katya had done Oh, well, Whoops. But, um
1: know uh, because I was,
0: I think the reason why, to me, it's in the scene because you see the Barbie that's supposed to look like Katya mm-hmm. like, with mm-hmm. her hair chopped like off. Yeah. So, it's very, like, seven lives, like, serial killers, like, leaving mm-hmm. messages and stuff. I, yeah, I mean, it didn't, even, I don't think what I saw the first time I thought it was Katya, I think I was, like, okay, they were clearly, like, stalking her or, or whatever. Um. I mean, because we, we don't really don't know that much about her except for she has enough money to pay $6,000 and room charges yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, and uh and that's and that she's sick and like those are like really the only two things that we know
1: um and and those two things connected and that like when you have a lot of money yeah. you usually have access to the medical care you mm-hmm. need and yet she's true begging yeah and i bet the health healthcare <laughs> plan is better than
0: the us <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> anywhere <laughs> um yeah, yeah, so that, that's actually, like, a really good point. And then, like, I can't remember if it's in this first or second episode where Felix, they're, like, looking at more of the passports, and he's like, all their birthdays are within, like, a few months of yours. Like, a clue that it's a clone, obviously. Um, and then, um, let's see what's next. Um, so, yeah, so then, basically, so, the, they find, or she gets the address for Allison, like, from the documents, from the, the German's briefcase. And that's who she, like, thinks that she's been on the phone with. So she goes to the suburbs to find Allison. And also, I just, like, love Allison. Like, I think she's so funny. And, like, I, so she goes, and obviously, like, Allison's like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, and we see Allison has, like, a family. She has kids also. But it's a different presentation of a mother, for sure. She's, mm-hmm. like, a soccer mom. You know, she's very involved in her children's life and her, like, suburban how, but it's and I think it's cool what they do with costuming too because like they're the same age obviously but Allison like looks a lot older and and just like dresses older and you know or like as more like mature than Sarah mm-hmm. and she's not dressed like a punk rock hoe for example. <laughs> yes,
1: I loved when she was like a soccer mom like that's <laughs> the way Sarah reacts and then it's like. I just also love the irony that it's, like, literally a soccer mom. Not yes. just in, like, what you say. For the any Sarah, mother right? who's involved, yeah. it's literally soccer. And she's cutting up the oranges. and Yeah. yeah I thought it was, ju- yeah, such a parallel between what we've seen of Sarah and even what we've seen of Beth. It's just, like, very different paths. And and the idea with, like, twins and, and, and then clones of, like, where you can go. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think too, I mean, in that scene in the like field house or whatever, Allison's like cutting up those oranges and like kind of like wielding that knife. Oh, and she's getting yeah. like mm-hmm. upset with Sarah. And like they're all a little bit unhinged in their own like different ways. And I think Allison in the, like, ends up being like one of the scariest ones, which I think, like, you know, the, that's like the stereotype of like protective like mama bears and stuff like that. But also, I think it's like she has like one of my favorite lines, which I will play now. now hide your ugly face on the way out of here. <laughs> they literally have <laughs> <laughs> the same face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so funny. And then, um, so Sarah leaves there, whatever. And then she basically has to go like deal with the trial after having proved to Art that she, see where he calls her a tweaker, she like proves that she has memorized the case basically mm-hmm. and is fit for the trial. But then Art calls her like as she's leaving the soccer field and is like, "Hey, you're a therapist." We didn't talk about this in the last episode, but. Like, she has the scene with the therapist where she she can't fake it, so she's like, Yeah, I just, like, disconnected or whatever. then it comes back to bite her in the ass because the therapist declares her unfit for duty. And she's like, yeah, you're just, like, dissociating. (laughs) You said she, like, experienced a psychotic break. And, like, that's another scene where I think, like, Sarah's manipulation really shines through. Like, this is actually, like, the longest thing I clipped out, but I was just so impressed with her. Can you read that back again? That, um, I'm missing myself? I glitched? That sounds stoned
1: to you. Glitch sounds stoned. Uh tweaked. Gapped. Spun. <clears> Olivia. <throat> Super
0: Draxafel. What what is the difference between a mood stabilizer and an antipsychotic again? Yeah. Oh no, i sorry. I've been confused. It's very confusing. Um, antidepressants, anti anxieties. SSRIs, Serotronax, that one's a stimulant. We have known each other for a while now, Beth. Yeah, that's where you're wrong. You have constantly tested me with your personal appeals for prescriptions. I know. My bad. So I'll just explain to the board that I shot this poor civilian after mixing up all your overlapping scripts. Or am I making
1: yeah, that was a great scene. And I thought it also showed, gave a little bit of context for who Beth is. Because yeah. the way the therapist says, we've known each other for a while, implied that there has been this mutual understanding of like, I know I'm over-prescribing you, but you wanted me to. Yeah, um, And then that. Sarah breaking that relationship between Beth and the therapist yeah
0: well I mean also once again like to like corruption it's like crazy that they mm-hmm. would oh she would over prescribe a police officer to this degree anyway like it's just like so like so messed up but yeah and then I like once Sarah's like that's where you're wrong like they haven't known each other for a long time just like you're saying like She's severing the relationship, but then she just she still manipulates her into like mm-hmm. doing what she wants her to do, and then she gets cleared for duty even though like obviously she's not fit and uh, isn't even like a real police officer. So
1: uh, that like that part is like really crazy to me. Yeah, and I think it's again I feel like this show has a lot of parallels in that this one part of her story i guess that is going really well like she's getting this cop thing figured out pretty quickly she's quick on her feet we didn't talk about the soap thing i was just about to bring that up (laughs) yeah but but like she's so smart to just make herself puke and get out of that trial right and so she gets him to say yes and then she's able to do the trial and that's going great meanwhile the other line dealing with these clones is going so downhill hill and unraveling more and more and more yeah
0: and then um yeah, so she 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 gets cleared. She's like whatever. Well, I mean, they don't. They're like basically telling her she's gonna be cleared. But then she still has to deal with like the clone stuff, like you were saying. So she makes Felix come with her to the summer, which is like another one of my favorite Felix lines. Don't stop. Someone might speak to us. God,
1: Christ. You know, my skin just breaks out every time I leave the downtown. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Look, acne.
0: Uh, no, I don't
1: see anything. Am I blushing?
0: There's redness. There's right there, tiny little suburban stress sets emerging in direct proximity to bad architecture. No. I think the Felix is such a good character because I mean, like I, like we said, he's like an exposition machine, but at the same time, he's also providing like almost all the comic relief for the show. But it doesn't feel like forced ever. <laughs> like I,
1: his he's played by Jordan Gavarris, and I think he does a really good job. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Yeah, I don't recognize him from anything, but I think he inhabits that character really well, and yeah, yeah, he provides a lot of humor, especially when it could be getting pretty tense, and I think that goes to, like, the whole theme of the show. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty lighthearted despite some pretty serious themes. Yeah.
0: And I think, I mean, also he's like a good representation of a queer character. And I think even in 2013, it still probably wasn't super common to have like someone like so openly queer on TV where you're just like, when he like trades that that coke yeah, for like, sex, and, I mean, mm-hmm. and we didn't even talk about his weird flirtation with the the morgue attendant. Oh my ever, god, yes, which I also love.
1: Yes, that's and I thought, yeah, pretty groundbreaking. I can't remember what TV was like in twenty thirteen, but even watching it in twenty twenty three, I'm like, wow, like pr- first episode implying that this gay person had sex, like, ooh, yeah. like I just felt like that might have raised a lot of eyebrows. Yeah,
0: and actually, like, the queer representation is a, a strong, like, feature of the show that, like, continues throughout, like, they have, like, way later, there's, like, a trans character they introduce, and but, like, also, I think they do a really good job. And I think it's, it's it has to do with, like, the show's exploration of, like, identity and, like, different types of identity and how it, like, very much, like, nature versus nurture is one of the main questions the show is, like, focusing itself on and just, like, how, even though these people are clones... They're all like very different, but like the things that like mm-hmm. are similar about them and that like bind them together and stuff too. And like yeah, I think it's
1: it's cool how the relationships like develop further in the show. Yeah. And and the idea of like I can see that you have this clip made yeah. up of like being your twin certainly sucks. Yes. You're gonna shoot me while your kids are sleeping. You wake them or show your face. Yes, I will shoot you. Well, I've never known a blood relation, but being your twin certainly sucks. This idea of like siblings and like Felix and Sarah growing up together and how much they have in common and mm-hmm. how much is different and then the clones they're similar DNA wise and how much they have in common and how yes. much is different is a good representation of this nature versus nurture thing.
0: Yeah. And then the episode ends with the, the introduction of Cosima, who's the I guess fourth clone that we see on screen. Is that right? We have Sarah, Well, I guess Sarah, Beth, Allison and and oh fifth Katya and Cosima so that's already five it's just like it's like I mean that and I think when with the introduction of Cosima we'll see like in future episodes That like I think this is like when more of the sci the sci-fi elements come into play um do you have any uh
1: predictions about the, the next couple episodes <sighs> I don't know I wrote it's like Maggie a clone the person that um mm-hmm. Beth shot I have a theory that maybe she's a clone or like involved somehow or like something that has to do with the clone aspect of why she was so quick with a gun reaction mm-hmm. to that um and no I really don't have any other theories I was trying not to think about it too hard because I want the show to surprise mm-hmm. me yeah. um because I just feel like there's a lot of ways it can go I'm thinking particularly like because in the first episode they mentioned scientist friend i'm like wondering who has the closest relationship with this scientist friend who yeah. is probably the creator of the clones and to me my prediction is probably it's going to be allison just because of the persona that she has so i'm excited to see how that'll play out yeah my last note is that i think the most like 2000s thing about the show that like 2010s about this show is that everybody has their ringer on <laughs> like, it really reminds me that like this is a different time for me that phones are ringing just so much throughout yeah. the show I think that
0: I think that's definitely true but I also feel like that is just a like a TV trope too, in general it and is. it's like when people have their they're like their sound on their keyboard when yeah. they're texting to it, and
1: yeah. I'm like, nobody in real life has this on. It adds to the storytelling element, but yeah. I I think specifically, well, it's just like now it's almost always iPhones yeah. on TV, and in the show it's these weird little I don't know the, Nokia well, the, looking phones.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that is true. Like I think well, I got my iPhone I guess in twenty. 20- 12 but it's still like pretty early in the iphone era before Mm -hmm. where they were so ubiquitous yeah
1: well it's like you you can probably watch it and see the way phones because now it's like text messages it's blue and white bubbles on the screen and like it's i don't know apple is yeah (laughs) i actually think the first show
0: that like did the thing where they showed the text on the screen was the bbc sherlock so it's another Mm -hmm. bbc show Um, which is actually around the same time i think they were I'm trying to remember this. The, the Tumblr days of Sherlock Phantom. I think it was the same. Or maybe like right before this came out. Now I'm about to look it up. I don't where my phone is. Here it is. I've been so present. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I think too, like as the show goes on, like we'll have more to talk about with with the cinematography and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I think they kind of like, in the beginning they're like establishing the characters and stuff. But then I think the show starts to, like, take itself a bit more seriously. And, like, because I can think of, like, I was trying to think of, like, some other things for us to talk about. Like, I was like, maybe we should pull out, like, our favorite shot or whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't even think of, like, a distinctive shot from these first episodes. But definitely in the later episodes I can. Um, let's see. Sherlock, 2010, so three years before this. But so actually, you know,
1: it's... Ill- but yeah,
0: and you don't even really see them texting in this No, show.
1: it's all phone calls, which maybe... Yeah, it's a, I guess it's more compelling. Alluding, because mm-hmm. hear them speak and stuff. I, I have to admit something. I didn't realize that Katya, like, looked like Sarah. That was <laughs> like a Sarah clone. I thought it was like... A different, no, there, like there were like many clones, no, but no, no, no. Wow. wow, that completely changes my perspective. <laughs> did you look her up just now to look at? Well, them? you said okay, well, we had five clones, and I was like, yeah, but like is like a different clone, and then that, like, wow, I feel so silly because I was also like, how did she like pull that hotel, like faking it at the hotel scene so well? Yeah, and it's because they have the same face, yeah. but I guess. Yeah, I guess it, the haircut and the sunglasses. Yeah. really didn't. They threw you. I I thought that it was just that we were talking this whole <laughs> The whole time, and I thought that there was like other clones that didn't look no. like.
0: Uh, or well, or I mean,
1: not not that we've met, not so that far. we've met. Yeah, but yeah. But I thought it was establishing pretty early on that there were many, but now I know they're all they're all yeah. clones of the same clone. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else that we should talk about um i don't think so no i think that's what i have for now um yeah <laughs> tune in next time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you for listening and thank you to adam kelly for our theme music and megan walker for our podcast cover art You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye.